Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramay. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here, welcome you back to the show this week. And guys, I must apologize, last week got completely insane and crazy. And by the time it came to that point in the week where, where I usually sit down and do the show... I just didn't have the time to do it, working extremely late, and by the time work was over, I was absolutely exhausted. And uh, the the last thing I, I had in me was to sit down here for a good several hours to, to put the show together. So I apologize for that. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to go at it a little bit different. So we're going to do a couple of shorter shows than, uh, than usual because, uh, hey, we're going racing in just over a week from now. The uh, July 4th weekend is coming up in just about uh, 10 days from now, so that means the opening race of the Formula One 2020 World Championship will get underway at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. And it is about time after several months of lockdown and COVID and all the bad things that uh, that have been going on in the world. It is nice to have something um, forward to look or good to look forward to over the the, the next week, even though, uh, you know, there are obviously more important pressing issues out there in the world. Uh, I'm sure all of us want uh, a bit of a break from that uh, for the time being. Anyways, there are plenty of things to talk about, and um, like I say, we're, we're going to go at it uh, kind of fast and kind of hard uh, over the next uh, half an hour or so to get through uh, all the latest news over the past uh, couple of days. So I'm going to start uh, first. It's not exactly Formula One-related news, but it is uh, related to a, a guy who used to be in Formula One uh, quite a while ago, and that is uh, Alex Zanardi, a uh, 53-year-old Italian uh, former driver, a Paralympic uh, champion. He had a very, very bad uh, accident on uh, on his handbike uh, earlier or a couple of days ago uh, during a race event in Italy on last Friday, to be uh, uh, exact. Uh, he went into uh, surgery for several hours. Um, there was a, a, a very bad accident, uh, multiple uh, fractures in his face. Anyways, his um, doctor, the surgeon, uh, Dr. Giuseppe Oliveri, who's the head of neurosurgery at Siena Santa Maria della Scotta Hospital, uh, spoke to media on uh, Saturday saying, quote, the the condition of Alex Zanardi is serious but stable. He arrived here with major facial cranial trauma, a smashed face, a deeply fractured frontal bone. The numbers are good, although it remains a very serious situation. We won't see what his neurological state is until he wakes up, if he wakes up, a serious condition means that there is a situation where someone could die. Improvement takes time in these cases. Turns for the worst can be sudden. The operation went according to plan. It's the initial situation that was very serious. The next step is to try and stabilize him over the next week or 10 days. Then if things go well, he could eventually be woken up and reevaluated. As I told his wife, he's a patient who is worth being treated. As far as prognosis of how he'll be tomorrow in a week or 15 days, I don't know, but I'm convinced that he should be treated. Uh, end quote. So very, very serious. And uh, Alex, um, you know, a long time ago since uh, he was uh, in Formula One, um, he had a couple of starts for uh, Jordan way back in uh, 1991. Uh, the last three races of the year uh, in, in uh, 91 were Spain, Japan, Australia. Uh, raced uh, with uh, Minardi for a couple of races in 92. Uh, good portion of the, uh, the the season with uh, Lotus in uh, 93. He scored his uh, highest uh, finish ever uh, with a six uh, at 
at uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix that year, um, and that was for 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 Lotus. Uh, then again, uh, raced uh, for Lotus in '94, uh, and then uh, for uh, he raced the entire 1999 season with uh, Williams. And um, he also, I, I think, uh, for most people in North America, um, uh, Alex Zanardi is uh, mostly remembered uh, for the, uh, the the years he spent in uh, an IndyCar racing for Target uh, Ganassi Racing in '96 to '98, and then um, had uh, a brief comeback with Mo Nun Racing in uh, 2001, and then he suffered that horrible accident um, in Germany. Uh, in, what was it in 2000? When uh, sorry, in 2001, when uh, he um, suffered uh, both. Uh, or a double amputation of his legs after he uh, he had an accident, uh, came out of the pits, accelerated, lost control of the car, and then uh, what was uh, yeah, it was just a, a very horrible uh, accident. Anyways, I mean, he's obviously a guy that um, that lives life in the fast lane. No, uh, no pun intended. I mean, he came back uh, from that, was able to to race in some other series, uh, took up uh, you know the the cycling and everything like that. Uh, I mean, very very sad uh, to hear. So of course we hope that, uh, and I hope that uh, Alex Sinardi will make a. Uh, full and uh, speedy recovery um, but um, obviously he's got a, a long road in front of him anyways uh, let's go on to uh, the rest of the formula one news uh, lewis hamilton uh, announced uh, a couple of days ago that uh, he is launching his own uh, commission to improve diversity in racing which i think is an excellent uh, idea and uh, the the aim of this uh, uh, new research uh, partnership is to to improve uh, diversity in mo- uh, motorsport and enable what he calls real tangible and measurable change um, any, anyways, um, I, I think this is uh, wonderful. Uh, and, uh, Lewis uh, was uh, in the Sunday Times, uh, a newspaper in Britain, uh, this past weekend, and talked about uh, his recent messages on, um, you know, just addressing the the, the whole uh, issue of uh, racial injustice and and everything uh, like that. And uh, he said, or he was talking about uh, some of his posts and things like that. Anyways, he had to say, "quote I saw people I respected choosing to say nothing, and it broke my heart. It's why I had to speak out. Uh, from kids throwing things at me." while carding to be taunted by fans and a blackface at a 2007 Grand Prix. Uh, Lewis said he's used to the idea that no one will speak up for, for me when I face racism because uh, no one personally feels or understands my experience, end quote. Uh, very sad uh, to, to hear that, but unfortunately, it's these things go on and it has to end. Uh, anyways, uh, Lewis had to go on saying that the Hamilton Commission will be, quote, dedicated to exploring how motorsport can be used as a vehicle to engage more young people from black backgrounds with science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, STEM subjects, and ultimately employ them on our teams or in other engineering sectors, uh, end quote. You know, I, I think that's a wonderful idea. I mean, you know, I, I can't really speak to, uh, you know, one of Lewis's experiences. Uh, obviously, I mean, I'm not him. I mean, I think uh, obviously the... Uh, the whole situation of racial inequality is, uh, it, it just shouldn't be there. I mean, it's, it's a horrible thing that unfortunately uh, exists in our world. But when, when it comes to motorsports, it just in general, I mean, uh, my, my perception is that uh, unless, uh, you know, you're very uh, fortunate and uh, have some sort of way into it, if you've got some sort of talent, I mean, I, I always perceive it as something very elite and uh, something that requires a, a lot of money to do. I think that just uh, goes for, for, for most people. I mean, and then if you have somebody like Lewis that, have, you know, faces additional barriers, that before because of his race i mean it just uh, you know i, I mean it just it goes to prove that uh, what, what he's done in in motorsport and formula one is just that uh, more incredible and impressive i'm glad to see that uh, that lewis is standing up and uh, throwing his uh, his weights and uh, his uh, his um 
what do you want to call it, stature in the motor racing uh, community and his celebrity to uh, hopefully enact a positive change. Lewis did go on to say, quote, it will explore areas including lack of role models and career services at schools, opportunity to engage more black youth in STEM extracurriculars, barriers that prevent people from more diverse uh, backgrounds joining the racing industry, and problematic hiring practices that result in fewer black graduates entering engineering professions, end quote. So I think uh, you know, wish Lewis all the the, the best, and really hope that uh, that he can help uh, enact something positive uh, and and really get uh, some change going out there, especially in uh, motorsport. Anyways, uh, Formula One has also launched a new uh, initiative against uh, racism and inequality, and they're going to use uh, the um, the Austrian Grand Prix uh, to to introduce it. Uh, within this uh, new initiative, includes a diversity and equality task force. So on Monday of this week, uh, Formula One has said at the uh, the July fifth uh, race at the Red Bull Ring will have added purpose uh, to recognize uh, a lot of these issues that uh, we're being faced with in uh, society at the moment. Anyways, uh, Chase Carey, uh, F one CEO, said the opening event of uh, the season will be what he calls quote a platform for formula one to come together and achieve results against the most important issues facing us as a sport and the world that is why our first race uh, in austria formula one will stand united and say loud and clear that racism must end we will show our full support in fighting inequality throughout the weekend and accelerate our own efforts to make formula one more diverse and inclusive end quote Again, great to see, and uh, hopefully that uh, they they can actually do something uh, with it. I mean, uh, obviously, Lewis's is doing his own thing. F1's uh, doing something on their side. Let's all get everybody working together, and uh, let's see some positive change uh, come out of this, and uh, and, and let's start moving forward. I mean, that's 2020. I mean, uh, there's no reason why, and these things should not exist in our world in this date and time that we live in, but they do, and it's... uh, it's it's a horrible thing. Anyways, moving to the the, the topic of uh, racing at hand, the World Motorsport Council has finally approved uh, the Formula One COVID nineteen protocols and co- cost cutting measures. Um, well, the cost cutting uh, measures, you know, those have been on the table for uh, several weeks, and uh, you know that had to be uh, ratified by a meeting of the World Motorsport Council. So this is uh, you know gone ahead. So it's all been uh, given the official stamp and seal of approval, and uh, they, they also had to approve the changes in the, the Formula One uh, regulation to incorporate the new COVID-19 health and safety protocols that uh, are going to be introduced or already in place. I mean, a lot of the teams have uh, already had uh, their own, uh, you know, uh, uh, COVID-19 measures and safety precautions in place uh, within their own uh, teams and uh, garages and offices. And that's uh, a good thing uh, to see. Anyway, so time for a very quick break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in uh, just a moment. Passion drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Moving right along. So the FIA has uh, released details on the latest F1 rule changes ahead of the start of the season uh, next week. And uh, the updates uh, that were formally uh, passed by the World Motorsport Council last Friday were officially published uh, by the uh, the FIA on Saturday morning. So it's all now uh, out in the, uh, the the open. But uh, they, they've actually, um, they, they've I mean, they haven't given any uh, details on uh, podium ceremonies. I mean, that is one of the big uh, parts uh, or big things in uh, in a Grand Prix, isn't it? After the the race is over, the the, the podium celebrations, the champagne, the trophies, all the dignitaries, the the shoeys, all that good stuff. Um, they haven't uh, released any uh, details how these podium ceremonies are going to work for the uh, the, the closed races, but they said that they're they're keeping their options open, saying that the the, the procedure for the ceremony will be uh, detailed in events notes um, issued by the race uh, director. So obviously this is going to be something that's uh, going to evolve and take uh, shape uh, over time. And well, I mean, does it really make sense to have a podium ceremony at at a closed uh, door event where there's going to be no fans? I mean, that's part of it. You know, when the race is over, you see all the stands emptying and everybody going over to the, um, you know, to the podium, uh, be it uh, the the people out of the garages, from the pit lane, from the the fans coming across the track once the cars have stopped. I mean, it's, it's all part of it. I mean, I, I'm sure they'll do something that for TV, but it's, it's going to lack a, a little bit of the usual, uh, you know, the emotion and the, uh, you know, the, the the fun of it all. And of course, uh, it's, it's bound to be like that, uh, considering the circumstances that these races are going to be uh, run in. But there is uh, going to be a, a lot of uh, different things. So one of the main changes uh, is that the grid uh, procedures um, have been uh, adjusted to allow for social distancing uh, with a minimal amount of support to people involved and for a, a less amount of time. So teams are only allowed to have uh, 40 uh, personnel on the grid and uh, a number that uh, is exactly equal to half of the total headcount that they're allowed to take uh, to the to the races. So and they're, they're not going to have the usual pre-race ceremonies and all that stuff. And the pit uh, exit closes uh, 20 minutes uh, before the start of the race rather than uh, the, the typical 30 minutes. Uh, cars will now have to have their tires fitted five minutes before the start rather than three. And at the signal, team personnel and equipment trolleys must commence leaving the grid. So uh, the, the new rule states that when the three-minute mi- uh, uh, signal is shown, no more than 16 team personnel for each uh, competitor are, committed, uh, are permitted on the grid. And then the uh, the remaining crew members will have to leave uh, before the 15 second signal as uh, usual. So there you go. So there, there, there's a lot of uh, different things, uh, you know, in place right now. And we're, we're all having to put up with it, right? I mean, uh, any, anything uh, from going, uh, you know, get groceries or, you know, anywhere where social distancing, uh, you know, can't, uh, you know, is, uh, is in effect. I mean, uh, life has taken on a very different uh, approach than just a, a couple of months ago. Uh, but, you know, it, I think uh, obviously it needs to be done. I mean, uh, we're, we're hearing all these stories now in North America. I mean, it's uh, the professional sports leagues uh, get ready to um, you know, start and resume in the next couple of weeks or within the next month. I mean, we're hearing uh, about uh, hockey players from the NHL uh, testing positive, NH- or NFL players, NBA and you know, I, you, you can see in many states around the United States uh, where, where uh, cases are spiking again and going up, and it, it's it's a very very uh, concerning thing. So, will we see the same thing in in Europe? Let's uh, let's hope not. Uh, obviously, it's a situation that um, you know can flare up at, uh, at at any time. But I mean, in Europe, or sorry, in uh, in Austria, for example, I mean, it's uh, been a little bit uh, better than uh, than most, and it's uh, been like that. Uh, you know, been pretty good for a little while. So hopefully uh, that uh, we can. 
can uh, see that uh, go, and we can still see that um, you know that uh, that Formula One is going to take place over the uh, the, the coming uh, weeks and uh, months. Um, anyways, uh, some of the different things that uh, oh, pardon me, I'm looking at the same uh, set of notes again. Um, <laughs> Got uh, so many things going on here. So, anyways, moving along, uh, Ross Braun has said that uh, Formula One would be foolish to waste uh, the time that's uh, been given to them because of the postponement of the sports uh, new regulations until 2022. Um, so, he, he says that, um, uh, quote, I think we could look at the regulations going forward based on what we've learned. One interesting aspect of this year of extra time that's uh, given us the chance to reassess some of the areas that teams were concerned with regarding new regulations. We're not going to waste that time. It would be foolish to sit in our hands for 12 months. So why not refine the design of the 2022 car while we've got the opportunity? Nobody at the teams is working on it. It's not big changes. It's things that people have highlighted where there's an ambiguity or they can see ways of getting around the objective of the regulations and or not achieving the objective of the regulations. We're going to use the 12 months to refine it and we're going to do the same with all the regulations for 22. We're going to look at the lessons learned from this 2020-2021 process and see where they might whether they might be applied end quote so uh, another thing is that the the new concord uh, agreement is uh, not yet signed so there's no governance in place for 2020 on and beyond um so in theory the technical uh, regulations have to be uh, finalized by june 30th under the uh, the the auspices of the um the fia's international sporting code so of course um <laughs> I, I think this is a great idea i, I think that um y- it took a long time, right, to, to get these uh, new regs uh, sorted out and pushed through. I mean, I don't remember it off the top of my head without uh, digging up some uh, some old notes here how long it actually took uh, to get uh, these um, you know these, these regs sorted out. But I mean, it was a very very long time. I mean, from the time that they released some of the concept uh, drawings to the time that it actually all got approved. It really was a very slow and glacial uh, process. So uh, hopefully they can keep the, you know, they can use this time now. Like Ross says, we have an extra 12 months to really go down and and, and make sure that they get all the, uh, you know, all the, the little flaws or all the little things worked out because these new regs are supposed to make Formula One better. And if it doesn't actually come and work out to its full potential to what they're trying to achieve, then that would uh, just uh, be a waste. So hopefully they, they can address all these areas that have been uh, you know, raised or areas that they've uh, identified and and really figure it out and and, and give some clarity or, uh, you know, maybe technical directives, whatever they need to do between now and uh, and 2022. Uh, Cyril Abitabult. Team principal of Renault believes that the the two tier system in uh, in Formula One will end in 2022, which will have impacts on the relationships between the big teams and the partners with uh, with whom they uh, share technology. Is anybody thinking Ferrari and Haas? <laughs> That's a first uh, partnership that uh, that comes uh, to mind. Anyways, Abitabul says that the lower cost cap and uh, some uh, the other changes that are going to be introduced for 2021 will lead to a lot closer competition in the sport when the, the new regs uh, are finally come into effect for, for 2021, right? I mean, there's a lot of these uh, partnerships that we see in um, in Formula One. So anyways, uh, I mean, uh, Renault, I mean, uh, it would be 
a little bit uh, different for them because I mean, at the moment, they uh, you know they're only supplying a power unit to, to McLaren, so they they don't have any other technical allies. They don't have any of these uh, other partnerships uh, with like a lot of their uh, you know mid field rivals um, that have with other teams. I mean, uh, McLaren is uh, moving off of uh, Renault engines at the end of this year, switching back to, to Mercedes. Anyways, uh, it, it is interesting uh, to uh, to hear what uh, Abitabul has uh, to say. He had to say, quote, It was a worry when there was either a no-budget cap or a budget cap and it was sufficiently high that the grid would remain under a two-tier system. Now that we have a budget cap that is low enough that the grid will be much more competitive, I'm curious to see what will happen to those collaborations between teams. Because I think right now Mercedes is happy to let Racing Point copy its car. Whether it's legal or not legal, it's not my point. But they are very happy to help them in making their car very competitive. I will be very curious to see if that is still the case for 2022. <laughs> and quote, yeah, you know, sorry, I mean, I, I chuckle a little bit uh, right there as I'm reading that out. But still, I mean, uh, when we see that this uh, era of uh, unlimited spending, basically, is uh, coming to an end. And, and now there's going to be this uh, this hard cap that's going to be uh, decreasing uh, each and every Every year for the next uh, several years. I mean, some of these uh, big teams, uh, if we find that uh, the, these new measures actually do uh, increase uh, competitiveness uh, on the grid in the races and, uh, you know, really close the gap uh, between these teams. And we see this, uh, you know, what uh, Beatable uh, calls the, the two-tier system uh, disappear. You know, I mean, I mean, the the, the number one thing is these teams uh, want to win, and the the the. I mean, obviously, I think you can uh, really see the case that he's trying to make that uh, they might get uh, protective to maintain their uh, competitive uh, advantage. Anyway, so time for another break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Still uh, several more things uh, to talk about as uh, we start to close it down uh, this weekend, or sorry, this weekend, uh, this evening. Anyways, uh, just talking about uh, drivers now. Antonio Giovinazzi, the... uh we're going to say that uh, drives for Sauber. Anyways, he did drive for Sauber a couple of years ago. Obviously, that is now Alfa Romeo. Anyways, uh, Giovinazzi says uh, that uh, he was really happy to be uh, on the, uh, the the Ferrari shortlist uh, for 2021, uh, the the race seat that was uh, you know awarded to or given to Carlos Sainz, saying that uh, he was uh, just really happy to be on the the, the shortlist to replace uh, Sebastian Vettel in the in the first place. So anyways, uh, Giovinazzi, uh, who I think, uh, you know, really shows some uh, some maturity here, and uh, despite his uh, young age, uh, said even though he was disappointed about, uh, you know, not getting the seat uh, at Ferrari and losing out to, to Carlos Sainz, he said that it wasn't uh, the, the right time or it isn't the, the right time in his career just yet to, to make uh, the big step up uh, to Ferrari. Anyways, he said, quote, I'm still a part of that family, and I was really happy to be a part of the list to maybe have the possibility to take that seat. I think in the end in my career, I've never had something easy. I I always fight. I always did a lot of sacrifice to have something back. I think now that maybe was not the right time just after uh, 23 Grand Prix. Last season, I grew up really well throughout the year, but uh, this year we didn't race, so it was really difficult for me. I'm still young, so I'm sure if I continue like that and I continue to fight and work really hard... I can have that uh, possibility with Ferrari in the future, end quote. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I mean, I I think that uh, he's... Well, who knows where his uh, talent really is? I mean, like you say, he's only got uh, 23 races in Formula One under his belt. He's, uh, I think he's shown that, uh, that he's got uh, some talent. I mean, he's, uh, I think, in a very good uh, position at, uh, at Alfa Romeo, the, the, the way that, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a, a Ferrari supported, basically a Ferrari B team. 
Um, but you know, he's uh, partnered with uh, a world champion in, uh, in, in Kimi Raikkonen. I'm sure he needs a very good uh, place uh, to learn. And who knows uh, what uh, what the future uh, may hold for, for Antonio Giovinazzi. Daniel Ricardo says he could have lost out on the, the McLaren seat uh, that um, was vacated uh, by Carlos Sainz if uh, he did uh, not uh, have an early deal. Anyways, uh, so what uh, Ricardo had to say was, quote, I think obviously Vettel's announcement or news with the Ferrari kind of sparked everything. And then things were moving pretty quickly around Carlos and all the other stuff. Although it seemed like uh, there was maybe still time, I don't actually think there was to make movement if that's what you were going for. This is all uh, what I'm just playing in my head. If you actually start racing in July, which wasn't even the 100%, but uh, by which uh, are by the looks of it, you're not going to find out in the first race or the second race. We were probably going to wait until August or maybe September until you really know where everyone's at. And then I think it felt like I was going to be too late to get something you were after end quote so uh, interesting to see uh, Danny Ricardo uh, you weigh in on that and uh, it seems like uh, there was a real sense of urgency to, to get that done because it really was interesting I think uh, if you look back over the past uh, several months I mean there was a lot of uh, speculation about what was going to happen uh, to the drivers in the top uh, three teams I mean Christian Horner said uh, you know just uh, I think it was a bit of foreshadowing uh, before uh, you know they announced uh, at Red Bull that uh, Max Verstappen had uh, upped uh, or re-upped uh, for another uh, you know several years on that long-term deal that he signed uh, around uh, the end of last year between Christmas and New Year. Anyways, he felt it was all going to be the status quo. And then, uh, you know, Charles Leclerc has announced uh, having signed a long-term deal at uh, Ferrari. And then it just uh, seemed like it was going to be a bit of a matter of time before, you know, they uh, confirmed... um, uh, Vettel at uh, Ferrari and then Hamilton and Bottas and everything like that and you know I mean Red Bull's always kind of interesting I mean uh, the, the the way that they have uh, Alex Albon there right now I mean the, they've shown over the years that if uh, things don't work out that uh, they, they are not going to sit around and uh, you know wait for a season to come to the uh, and come to an end without uh, changing something although I mean Alex Albon has been pretty quite promising so far I mean he had not quite half a season to prove himself uh, last year so I mean jury's still out to him uh, on a certain extent but anyways uh, once uh, the, the the Vettel news was announced I mean that was a real shock because it really sounded like it was just a question of if or sorry a when and not if uh, a new deal for him was going to be announced but uh, once they announced that he was uh, parting ways with uh, Ferrari at the end of the year all the uh, the other moves that uh, that were made subsequently seemed to happen uh, really really quickly so uh, interesting to get a bit of a, a look uh, behind the scenes uh, behind that process uh, from uh, Danny Ricardo. anyways uh, Ferrari have announced that uh, they're going to test uh, their 2018 uh, car at Mugello in Italy uh, next week uh, with uh, both uh, Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel uh, both getting a chance to, to get uh, behind uh, the, the wheel. So they're going to do that, uh, get some uh, testing in the SF71H on uh, June 23rd. So, you know, not so not so far in the in the future now. I mean, that's uh, going to be uh, tomorrow by the time or today by the time this goes out on uh, Tuesday. So that, uh, you know, I think that's good because I, I think especially for Vettel, I mean, this was a car that he had uh, quite a bit of success in 2018, at least up until the end of the, you know, the first half of the season. Um, and I, I don't know since then whether or not the, you know, the, the cars that they've designed, especially last year, um, you know, completely suited his style. So whether or not uh, this year's car is more Vettel friendly remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, uh, uh, Formula One is not allowing the teams to, to get any test mileage in on uh, their 2020 spec cars. I mean, they can under these sort of demo rules, but then they have uh, different uh, uh, spec uh, tires. So they, 
you don't really get uh, a, a real feel for things because I think they're only limited to these uh, what is it promotional days, and I think I get they they get two or three of them every year, and they're only allowed to run about a hundred kilometers a time. So, anyway, it's uh, at least it gives uh, the, the the drivers uh, the opportunity to get into the car and get some uh, real miles under their belt uh, before the season gets uh, going next year. And it's a still it's a, a fairly recent uh, you know car for them to to, to get into. Anyways, uh, Haas uh, said that uh, the you know they're not going to be disadvantaged by having a no, or lack of uh, testing before the Austrian uh, Grand Prix uh, next week, and uh, not everybody has been able uh, to, to do that. So, anyways, uh, Gunther Steiner, team principal, and sorry Haas F1 confirmed the team would not be conducting any um, testing or, or practice before the season starting, saying that they didn't have the the capacity to do so. Anyways, um, Steiner said in a video conference, quote, we are not having a shakedown. Obviously, you would need to, to use a filming day and we don't have the capacity. The drivers are ready to go. I don't think they need a lot of training. It's nice to do, for, but for us at the moment, it's not a priority to do a shakedown. End quote. Anyways, uh, Steiner also had to say that uh, rumors that Haas F1 um, is uh, for sale is what what he calls a, a storm in a, key, a teacup, and insisting that uh, there is going to be no change in ownership. And this has been out there for quite a, a while now. It uh, you know it, the, there's been uh, you know speculation that uh, you know they're either going to pull out or maybe going to be a, you know for sale. But uh, Steiner is just uh, refuting that, and I really do uh, wonder how uh, committed they are to stay in Formula One in the long term although the new budget cap and the new regs and everything might be more conducive and attractive uh, for them uh, to stay in Formula One for the long term. Anyways, uh, Haas has also said uh, that they're not going to uh, bring any upgrades uh, to their car before their 2020 budget is uh, confirmed. And uh, as we'll see in a moment here, that uh, you know the other teams, including uh, Mercedes, will be introducing uh, updates uh, to their car, which I think is kind of interesting because I mean it's not really based off of anything. So we always see that, right? After the the first several races, we see the first uh, introduction of uh, upgrades to the car. Usually by the time uh, we get to, to Spain, after there's already been about what five six races uh, to that point. And then, uh, you know, we, we see them uh, introduced at uh, different times uh, to the year. So obviously there's been quite a bit of work going on uh, behind the scenes in, in the factories and the design officers, uh, sorry, in the de- design offices, uh, you know, evaluating the cars, even though that they haven't actually been in a race uh, situation. Anyways, uh, as I was saying that uh, Mercedes is actually targeting the, the season opener for the, the first round of their uh, updates. And uh, well, I mean, the, the first 10 races of the year were, were called off, uh, of course, uh, because of a uh, COVID. COVID. Anyways, uh, technical uh, director James Allison said uh, that even though the team had been forced to suspend uh, work uh, during the shutdown period, plenty of work had gone into development uh, for the W11 car whenever uh, possible. So there you have it. Uh, Another bit of news just as we wrap up here as uh, I start to run out of time is that uh, following the wake of the the news of uh, uh, Williams uh, being put up uh, for sale, either partially or wholly, uh, McLaren has said that they're considering uh, selling up to stake of 30% in its Formula One team as it uh, uh, endeavors to seek extra finance to improve its level of uh, competitiveness in the sport. Anyways, I'm going to have to leave it there. Like I said, it's been a very busy uh, couple of days here. Anyways, I will be back in a couple of days. We'll pick it up where we left off. Thank you guys very much uh, for your patience and sticking around. Thank you for downloading and listening to the show. And as always, if you want to get in touch, please send me an email at scuderiaf1pod at gmail.com or tweet me on the Twitters at scuderiaf1pod. That's it for now. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao.
Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.